turning. Make sure there's no pedestrians or cyclists in your blind spots. Help keep New York City streets safer for everyone this holiday season. Visit nyc.gov forward slash trucksmart. It is 10 p.m. You're tuned to listener-sponsored, non-commercial WBAI in New York. 99.5 on the FM dial and streaming at WBAI.org. Time now for Night Shift. Mike Sargent and the gang. All here for you now. But your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. I wish they'd hurry up with that transmission on one of our beds. I suggest that you uh, reach deep down inside yourself there and try and find something that'll keep you awake just a little while longer because this transmission coming up will just uh, rekindle your will to live. I think there's no place to hide. I swear I'm not human. I'm talking about it and I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing, you know, talking about this. Uh, I saw something. They saw something. There was a, a lot of light. That's all I It, uh... Feels like times have changed. I've peddled this damn thing halfway around the world. I'm getting pretty sick of you. Yes, but you love me. Night shift again. How long has it been since you slept? I don't know. And you are tuned to listener sponsored radio WBAI 99.5 FM in New York and on the web at WBAI.org. I'm Mike Sargent and continuing in the celebration of the 30th anniversary of Night Shift. Hard to believe we've been on for three decades. I've been playing segments of episodes or encore presentations of segments of past episodes from different years and different eras. Tonight I'm going to play from two different eras, two different sets of co-hosts. One is from 2008, the other one is from 2011. There are different eras because of who is on. This first one was a different era of Night Shift. I was doing a ridiculous amount of interviews, I realized. But at the time, this is 2008, Joe Masiri and I were talking about a lot of movies, so be prepared to perhaps want to see some movies that we talk about that came out in 2008. Uh, we talk about The Wrestler. I have an interview with Darren Aronofsky, who is the director of that, and who most recently has a film coming out that's getting a lot of buzz called The Whale. If you've been following film media, you'd know about it. It's uh, supposed to be quite a film, and I will have a review when that film is screened for critics. But... So I have that. Joe was talking about some films that are worth seeing. I was talking about some films. We, we, we discussed film. Chris is on the phone. Then I have an episode from 
2011, 11, 11, 11. Keep in mind that everything you hear happened a long time ago. This is from 13 years ago. So do not call. Actually, 14 years ago because it's 2022. So don't call. There's no one going to take your call. Everything that you hear about happened long ago, 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 ago.
Sponsored Radio WBA, I am here. We are. We're here. Is Chris there? I don't know. It sounds like he's. he's I think he's in the background. Chris, are you there in the background? You can't really tell because it'll take him a minute to hear it on the computer that we're talking to him. You know what I'm saying? Um, but Joe Masiri, see, he's going to he's going to catch up soon. Let's, we'll wait for him here. He's in a time warp. He's in a time warp. I am not. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. You didn't know what was happening. You're, you're busy listening to the delay. Uh, well, not unlike a, the the film Time Crime, which I thought was excellent, Joe, by the way. Oh, I it thought, was very I good. I thought it was excellent, too. It, it, what do you mean? When did you see he it? He saw it. He went back in time. You know what it is, Joe? i got to tell you, Joe, you are, I just love you. No, I really do. It's like you're here. It's amazing. It's great. Thank you. Joe! Keep sucking up. I'll be gone for another two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. All right, so uh, yes. you are tuned to listen to Sponsored Radio WBAI. And you know what, Joe? Uh, I thought it, what I liked about it, it reminded me a little bit of Primer. A little bit. Okay. In that, uh, it, 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 and, and what I consider the best kind of science fiction where it takes an idea and, and it goes somewhere with it. It does something with it. And, you know, uh, you know, I could nitpick, but I thought really, really good, really good, really fun. Uh, clever, it, you enjoy it, you know. You, and the you, fact that it's not some scientist or something, it's just a regular guy that gets accidentally caught up in this whole thing. As as regular guys often do. Well, no, because most of the, like, even with Primer, it was some guys who were, like, you know, scientifically oriented, they developed the thing, and, you know, they go off on their own little, like, tangent into it, accepting a lot of stuff. I like that. You know, whereas this guy was just... That finds the machine. It's great. And and yeah. he just reacts. He stumbles into the machine. You know, yeah. and he, he just rela- reacts like like anybody would, mm. you know, mm. without having been prepped on, on what, what's actually been going on there. So, Well, it, it's an interesting, because this is the time of the year where they release all the... Uh, what, what are the most, uh, you know, a lot of times the most Oscar-worthy, and, and also it's a good time when a lot of interesting independent films will come out, mm-hmm. uh, like Time Crime and... Uh, What's the other one? The Oblivion, The Obsession. What's the, the other? Oblivion. The the other film that that uh, you brought two DVDs over on Saturday. Oh, the objective. The objective. Now that, that doesn't have a distributor yet. Oh, okay. Well, the, again, but this would be the time that it would yes. come out. I think this were in February. But uh, so it's interesting. I, 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 did you get to see Special? I only saw parts of it. I never saw the whole thing. That that that's definitely worth seeing. It's an interesting film, m- m- much more depressing than uh, <laughs> even uh, the Wrestler, which is the other film we want to talk about. Because I spoke with Darren Aronofsky and Mickey Rourke for that oh. film, and the director uh, Robert Siegel. And, and I also spoke with John. 
and the screenwriter, right? Robert Siegel, the, the screenwriter. And I also spoke with John Leguizamo for uh, what is kind of being billed as a Puerto Rican Christmas movie. And, and I guess essentially it is, but it's really a lot more than that. It's actually a really, really good film. Uh, a lot of great actors. A lot of great actors who you don't normally see doing comedy, like Alfred Molina. You mm-hmm. know, he's Doc Ock and, you know, and so many other great roles. Uh, and, but he's done comedy before. Like what? He's in the new. He was in. He's in the new Pink Panther movie too. That's right. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But so. you don't usually see Alfred Molina. No, he doesn't do it that often. But on no, occasion, but on he occasion does he does. What's the, what's the film called? J Lo goes to the Bronx. No, no. Stop. it's called. Uh, um, <laughs> you're, you're, he's he's a fool, isn't he? So funny. He's, he's, he's Somebody has to take up the slack when I'm not here. <laughs> Somebody laughs. Only joke. But it's called nothing like the holidays. There you and, go. And what is actually, that? Is that turkey? What is that? Yes, it's turkey. It's nothing like the holidays. And what's interesting is it's produced by Freddie Rodriguez, who's in it as well, mm. who you may remember from uh, the last uh, Quentin Tarantino um, and Rob. Rob who? What? What are you, like, Quentin Tarantino? Quentin Tarantino. Did the Grindhouse mind? movie. The Grindhouse he movie. He produced Hellride. No, not just Hellride. Oh, well, he did produce Hellride, yes. But, but he was just in... You, the Grindhouse film. What was it called? Was it called mind, Mike, I lost my mind. Like you mean the... Um, the I'm sorry. Pardon me. Death See? Proof. Death Proof. Correct. No, but he wasn't in Death Proof. He was in the other one. Uh, Planet Terror. Planet Terror. That's what I couldn't think of. The grind, In the Grindhouse film that they did, uh, Planet Terror. Yes. See, he said Grindhouse, Chris, and like the last Grindhouse I, was the... was the I he, I, was, was Hellride. <laughs> So I was like, <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? Talking I have no about. idea. No, you have no idea. I have no so, idea. I have no idea what he's talking but about. But he was in no that idea. too. But it, it's a very good movie. And uh, it's it's what what's funny about seeing this for John Leguizamo is he hasn't been funny in such a long time. You forget how funny he is. He's real. I mean, that's where you know him from, yes. from all the comedy, theater and everything. And, and he does a lot more dramatic films than he does uh, comedy. And I talked to him about that too. So... Joe Masseri. You got lots of interviews, so we can just run them and, and leave. And we can run them and leave. Well, they're not that long. There you go. See you, guys. Not that long. Right? <laughs> That's it. We're on tape from here. But, you know, we should mention the fact that... Uh, we you have, have tickets? We have the tickets. We have tickets for... Uh, and, and I also want to say yes, because they just released it on DVD. What? So, oh, yes. Uh, Day There It Stood Still. You know, Day There It Stood Still is a great film. It's a what great they film. They just released it on DVD. It just released it on DVD. The old one? The yeah. old one. I yes. actually have it on Laserdisc. The one with Rob, directed by Robert Weiss? Yes. Rob, directed by Robert Weiss with Michael Rennie. And, uh, That's one of my favorite films. It's a great film. And and it's one of those films. It? Oh, I've you seen know, it. Do you I haven't see, seen it in 25 I have to years. What? It was funny. Uh, but I watched it One of the very first actor encounter experiences that Jeremiah Newton shared with me. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah Newton is the, uh, is the uh, studio media liaison at NYU. He met the what? See, so you just mumbled that. Studio, the the studio he's the, he's the studio uh, liaison for NYU yeah. Tisch, uh, Film School. Of the Arts. Anyway, but he's telling me he was at the um, he was at the uh, the uh, the Central Park Zoo once, and uh, he was there. Robert Rennie. And, and Michael Rennie. Michael, Michael Rennie, Rennie, sorry. Robert Rennie. Michael Rennie was there, and and he was oh, wow. at the monkey cage, and he was looking at this monkey, and and. And a very young, how, how long ago was Jeremiah this? was like eight nine years old. Okay, this is in the sixties. Yeah, and he and he wow. and he looked at him and he said, uh, too. Well, he, he said to him, "Wow, I saw you in the movie Dick and blah blah blah." He says, what, "What are you doing here at the Rangy monkey?" Dengus. And he said he had starred that monkey. He had worked with that monkey in a movie. Ah, and he had okay. come to oh. visit his old friend, his old co-star, and he, and he, had, and he had gotten depressed because it, he was not sure. He was pondering whether. 
it was the monkey that was in the cage or it was he who was in the cage Michael Rennie who was also in the Ten Commandments too go visit the apes there it is you're not and he'd be like you're not getting out exactly throw bananas at him well you know it's a really good movie and what's interesting on the DVD now and the Blu-ray because they're released on Blu-ray and it looks brilliant is they've got Robert Wise talking but they also have that must have been when they recorded it on the laser disc before he they died. Have, uh, uh, Patrick O'Neill or uh, no, Patricia O'Neill. Patricia O'Neill. Patrick O'Neill. Patrick, Patrick O'Neill. I think she was still alive at the time they recorded that with Robert Wise. No, well, Robert Wise is on it, and so is uh, uh, Nicholas Meyer uh, is also commentary. Really? And and what's interesting is Nicholas Meyer. You know the the connection there for those who don't know. Robert Wise directed the first Star Trek film, right? Uh, and then Nicholas Meyer came along and, and helped revive the oh, series. Nicholas and, Meyer, genius. Yeah, he is a genius, and genius. and and they're genius. both on there. They're both on the DVD. Wow! Uh, and and so it, that's part of the the great. And they also have a separate soundtrack track, like you can isolate the right, score, right. which is great because one of Bernard Herrmann's best. Yeah. And it's yeah. just it's just a really good movie. It's it's really good to see before we see the other one. That you you I, I you know I'd loan it to you, Joe, but you you don't have time to see because we're going to see it tomorrow, right? Right. So journey to the center of the earth. I'm joking. Uh, day there stood still. still. Day there stood still. <laughs> <laughs> Remake with ah. Keanu Reeves, and it's funny because as I'm watching it, I'm watching Michael Rennie, and I'm thinking, okay, how will Keanu? I've I've not looked at any of the trailers. I don't want to look. Well, at Well, you any looked at a little bit with me. The a other little night. bit with you, and that's it. And I stopped yeah. because I don't want to know what they've done. Uh, and I had really wanted to watch the first one uh, first, which I did. I watched it uh, yesterday, wow. and 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 it's it's a really great movie. It's a great and as Mike Miller, I spoke to Mike Miller about it. And Mike Miller put it. He said it's like a great late night movie. Mm. You know, it's a great movie to be like sitting in bed. It's you know midnight. You're watching. You know. You know, I am here because, you know, and and one of the things that about it is you realize that this, the premise of Day There Stood Still has been ripped off many times. Yeah. And, and, and that whole, there's a whole sequence in there that, you know, you forgot, sort of like watching Dirty Harry. When you watch Dirty Harry, you realize it, it was a template for so many things that came after in terms of cop films. When you watch that, that whole thing where he finishes the guy's formula for him. Mm-hmm. As his calling card, I've seen yeah, that at yeah, least um, three other films. Yeah, that's, that's been done. Uh, oh, oh, uh, phenomenon. Younger Dan, no, the, uh, the phenomenon. Exactly, the, phenomena. They did that. The guy that played the professor in that was the was the lead was the lead was Gunger Dan, and that was oh shoot, Gunger Dan, Gunger. Yeah, Dan yeah, Gunger Dan, the Gunger Dan with Cary Grant and all that. Gunger Dan, the film Gunger Dan, the lead, the old professor that he finishes it was. Oh man, I gotta look it was up. The guy who played Gunger Dan. Was the guy who played Gunger Dan. I, I was thought, blown away. For some with, reason, I thought that was Alec Guinness, but you no, know. no, 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 no. Uh, you know, I am, but Cary Grant was in that. I'm gonna pull it up right now. So, yeah. The original Gunga Dan. Yeah, I've the original Gunga Dan. I've never seen Gunga Dan. No, it's a good never movie. Seen I've heard either. that. I've, I've, I've heard it's good. But anyway, I just want to say uh, I, I highly recommend going out and buying Day There Sit Still the movie and watching it. Like it's really, really worth watching. The new one, I'm sure it's got great effects and they've redone it and updated it. And as you watch it, you could see how they could update the story. Mm-hmm. But there's so much being said and, and I think it was also part of the template for a film, you know, a lot of times they credit Forbidden Planet and 2001 as being the first adult science fiction. In reality, you know what? Uh, Day There Sit Still was very adult very much I was a, addressing the Cold War thing. yeah it was it was but it was it was not it, was, it didn't pander it wasn't corny it, it used I think some of those B-movie archetypes 
you know, against itself to, to make a statement about how we would react. Mm -hmm. and, and the whole idea of science fiction and social commentary, I think, it's probably the first one. Sam Jaffe you know, was the... Uh, was the you know. Oh, that's right. Sam Jaffe was Gunga yeah. Din. Sam Jaffe. That's and right. I, you know, I, and I couldn't... It was funny when I was... I, just, I recently watched The Day of the Earth is Still because they just had it on. Um, uh, and uh, when I was watching it, I was going, why does this guy seem so familiar to me? And then I was like looking at the credits and I was like, you know, went through IMDb and I looked and I said, wow, he was Gunga Din. So uh, he was really young as, as Gunga Din. The immortal Sam Jaffe. It's interesting. So how do you think the new one's going to be? I'm talking to somebody. One, two, rail! Really good, you really brought it. Thank you, thank you. You hang in there, you got a lot of ability. Have you ever seen a one-trick pony and feel so happy and free? If you ever well, I was wondering if I could get some more work. All I got is weekends. Isn't that when you sit on other dudes' faces? Have you ever seen a one-legged dog? You have a beer with me? <laughs> one beer. Can you have a daughter? Oh, my daughter, she don't like me very much. You should call her. And you seen me. What do you want from me? I'm an old, broken-down piece of meat, and I deserve to be all alone. I just don't want you to hate me. Two words. Three. Match. Bring it. You know, with a little luck, this could be my ticket back on top. Tell me, friend, can you ask for anything? 80s, man, best ever. Guns and Roses. Crew. Yeah, then that Cobain had to come around and ruin it all. <laughs> 90s sucked. 90s sucked. These things that have comforted me, I drive away. My only faith's in the broken bones and bruises I display. You know, the only place I get hurt is out there. I'm really here. No, I haven't. It's really good. It's a really, really, really good uh, character piece. But anyway, uh, so I'm going to play my interview with Darren Aronofsky. Now, you had a little bit of Aronofsky uh, trivia you wanted to throw at me or something? Why? I don't know. I thought no, maybe you no. wanted to set me up with something because, you know, you, you and Darren no. go back. Come on, Joe. Spill the beans. I didn't yeah. know. What yeah. beans? All right. Well, anyway, I, so I spoke with Darren Aronofsky about directing The Wrestler, uh, why he wanted to to make a film like this and and you know and and just what the whole process was of making the wrestler i, I like to see you know see truth and see and see human truth and see people expressing themselves and and um so i i that's what i try to go after 
from the beginning, I always knew there would be very, very little money because um, the way films get financed in today's uh, world is, you know, you go to the international market and you raise the money based on the movie star and the role. And because of where Mickey's career was before we started this, um, I wasn't sure what that was going to be, but I knew it wasn't going to be um, generous. And then when we started to do it, it turned out that it was beyond. It was less than generous. It was negative. And uh, it, pretty much every single financier on the planet said no to this movie at least once. And the reason was um, because of Mickey. And their reason was is that Mickey Rourke is not um, sympathetic. And so for me, the great victory of this film is that they were wrong. <laughs> and that, uh, you know, from moment one, people are connecting with Mickey and his character. And that's always what I loved about Mickey Rourke as an actor is from the first time I saw him is, you know, he's this live, open wound of truth and uh, sadness and, and vulnerability with this incredible armor around him. And it's just a very, very unique um, actor. There's just no one out there like him on the planet. And he's, he's done good work, and um, I'm happy he's being celebrated. He's never been a drug user or an um, alcoholic or anything. I think he likes to party, but he's the type of guy that can go out and have a drink. And I don't think he's ever had an issue. I know addicts. I worked on Requiem for a Dream, and I've been around a lot of them. And um, he's just not that personality. He's, he's under control. I think he... 15 years ago or 20 years ago when he self-destructed his career he just had no clue about how to work the system and how to be politically and how and and how to treat people and i think because of how terrible his childhood was and how you know you know how rough um his upbringing was i think he he did what a lot of people do, do is they put on a huge front and they put on a real strong aggressive front and so even now certain people that meet him they're all put because he's incredibly shy so what he does is he pushes away and it's all about protecting this really really soft you know uh, marshmallow you know he's like an oreo cookie he's hard on the outside and soft on the inside and that's really uh, that's mickey he's very very and that's, I think, what the film shows is how gentle of a giant he is. Tell me about getting uh, the Springsteen song. Springsteen, um, and I, I can take no credit for the Springsteen song. Um, basically, what the boss told me, because I did talk to the boss, is that he was doing it because he thought he thinks Mickey is authentic, and there's very few peop artists out there that he respects and that have that authenticity, and that. Um, actually, I, I, should, I said that wrong. It's not that there are so few artists he respects. There's so few artists that he believes are authentic, like Mickey is. And um, he has been waiting for an opportunity um, like this to happen for Mickey. And so when he heard about it, he just wanted to help. And so he wrote the song, and um, and uh, and then he gave it to us, you know, for nothing. And... Um, you know, then he went and got Barack Obama elected. So, you know, for me, he's good in my book. Having spent so much time now in filming this, uh, in that world and traveling and doing all the venues it did, what are your thoughts now about that world, the world of wrestling? I mean, I think an another reason besides the close-up that people go to the movies is to go to places they've never been before. And uh, it's definitely a universe that's never been on film before. And it's it's got a lot of humor in it, a lot of fraternity, um, and uh, a lot of surprise and it, it's an old culture it actually I think comes out of carnival culture I don't know for sure I don't think anyone's really done the research but they actually still speak with their own language um, they call the sh they call the sh the uh, event the show and they call the audience the mark 
Um, the good guys are baby faces, the bad guys are heels, and um, it's just it's it's a culture unto itself. I think it, I, I think originally it was like oh fight the strong man, and if you beat the strong man, you get a dollar or whatever it was, and then they'd have two strong men fight each other, and then eventually it evolved into modern professional wrestling or however you want to call it. Um, but it is, it's a circus atmosphere and it's, it's a part of the circus you haven't seen before. If you take the word wrestling out and you stick any other art or, or sport, um, it, it, the story can work. And that's, I mean, we've had a lot of athletes, you know, all athletes deal with that thing, you know, when they wake up one day and they can't use their bodies and how they used to be able, you know, soccer player, football, baseball player, um, they all, ballet dancers, they all deal with it. Um, so there's kind of this connecting thing that makes us people throughout the film. And I think, um, I don't know, that that's, I, there are some ideas in there. Um, I spoke with Rob Siegel earlier, and he told me that uh, the idea for a movie about wrestling came from you. It was one of those things that uh, you kept ideas in a notebook, you know, as a filmmaker throughout college and things you wanted to make a film about. So I have two questions. One, what made you want to write? or make a film about uh, wrestling. And two, it's, it occurred to me that a lot of these characters, it's all about relevance for them. What what can make them relevant? The daughter relevant to her father, the, the wrestler relevant to his audience, the stripper relevant as more than just a stripper. Well, that's, I mean, that's like such a theme right now with, with you know, some some reason everyone wants to be famous and um you know all these uh shows for quick fame for getting famous for nothing it's it's you know such a big part of our culture and hopefully that's going to shift and change a bit now that there's a little earnest it's okay to be earnest as as obama has sort of shown us you know um and so um but uh, you know no one's ever done a picture on wrestling and uh, that's strange because it's such a big part of our culture. It's such a big part. I mean, you just—I I don't know where it ranks anymore, as far as uh, you know, on the levels of sports. Um, but it's up there, and it was—you know—ten years ago, number one or number two for a long time. I think it was bigger than the NFL for the while, for a while. Um, but uh, why has no one ever done it? I think you know, people hear about wrestling, they hear it's fake, and they write it off as a joke. And uh, but you know when I started to look into uh, seeing you know a 300 pound man jumping off the top rope, even if it is fake and he's trying to protect himself and his opponent, you know that you're gonna wake up the next day feeling it unless you know unless you take some pills, which a lot of these guys end up doing, and then it leads to other things. And there's just a lot of drama in that world. And um, you know for me the big reward was uh, about five six days ago we had our first legend happened to come to a screening and that was Rowdy Roddy Piper I don't know if you remember him but he showed up at a screening I we me nor Mickey had ever met him and he at the end broke down and uh and uh was just stunned that his story was finally told he said look this isn't my story but it is my story and uh he was incredibly thankful that finally someone's kind of showing you know that world and that for me was one of the early things was going to these independent events and seeing these guys that used to sell out Madison Square Garden that were suddenly working for 200 bucks a night. Not purely to survive, although some of them are, but also to kind of stay connected to the old glory and to the fans, you know? They weren't all doing it. It wasn't for the money. 
know, even though even though there was no money, it just wasn't about that. It was about trying to remain part of the brotherhood, trying to hold on to their relevance. The wrestler opens this Friday at select theaters. I do have uh, an interview with Mickey Rourke, but I think I'll save that for next week after the movie opens. Oh, okay. Then I'll play the Mickey Rourke interview. What do you think, Chris? I think it's great that you pick up a chair and hit you with it. Exactly. But Mickey is is what what Kevin Scott would call all the way live. Okay, Mickey just goes there. And, you know, and and I did it in the roundtable. I couldn't get a one-on-one with Mickey. I did it in the roundtable, you know. So you're going to get your questions in. But people like... They jump on them. Like, as soon as he starts talking about, you know, things, you know, that whatever his mistakes he made. Well, how many mistakes and how far did you? Did you sink to the bottom? You know, it was like, uh, you know, I'm serious. I'm straight up serious. Like, I almost want to run it just so you hear, like, and he was cool. He was cool about the whole thing. I mean, I'd have to put a lot of beeps in there when I. No, he's like, he's, there's something about, you know what? There's something about him like Abel Ferrar. Mm-hmm. He's the what show? What Same you way. Put Abel. them on a piece of paper. Oh, him and, him and Abel Farrar are very, they're there. Mm. They are who they are. Mm-hmm. There's no no pretenses about it. So he's the, so he's the Pope. He's the Pope of Christ. He's the Pope. He's the Pope. He the man. He the man. But you got to like, you got to like Mickey Rourke. And John Leguizamo too, you know. Uh, he's, he's pretty much a renaissance man. I, I said that to him in the interview, you know. Uh, I give him a lot of credit. You know, he's done comedy, he's done drama, he's done theater, he's done film, he's done, you know, one-man shows. Yeah, he's doing American Buffalo on Broadway. Well, he was doing American Buffalo. I didn't bring that up because it closed in a week. Oh, it did? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Well, there it is. Here today. Wow. Well, there's so many, I mean, with the economy, yeah. all of them are like, well, you know, it's going. thing, you know. Well, what's wrong with the economy? Well, I'm just wondering, too, it's interesting what you're saying, Joe, about the economy. Because I want to mention, it occurred to me there are a lot of down, you know, and, and this time of year, drama, you know, a lot of dramas, you know, some of the best dramas are real downers. There are a lot of downer movies that are coming out right now, mm-hmm. and I wonder how they're going to do mm. versus, you know, the up, you know. Well, misery you know, a likes type. company, and sometimes other well, people sometimes like to see people the other way wor- worse off than they are. Sure, sure, but sometimes, yeah, I would, people I would, just want to be happy. Yeah, it's I traditionally think. why that's what they'll they always release some comedy around now, and it'll do really yes, well. Man. Well, yes, man. There we go. Could be good. What are you gonna say, Chris? Well, I know. I think I think that uh, you're you know you're right. I, I think that people. Uh, my vibe is people want to people want to laugh, you know, and that's why you know uh, four Christmases and stuff like that is done fairly well, and uh, comedies are. Uh, you know, I think more, more where people are at right now. Comedy is where people are at. Yeah, I think comedy is where, you know, I, I think people want to see comedy. Says you and your hold up in the... Hey, listen, it's six degrees, you know, what can I tell exactly. you? It, it, it's, it's so cold. Degrees. Let me tell you, it was so cold, Joe, 
that uh, it was like being feet, in the hot system. My feet froze to the ground. <laughs> you stood in one place for too long. Sounds like a Bob Dylan song. Yeah. Chris was out there looking poles just to see. Oh, it's rough, man. I'm telling you, man. It's, you got you got a good New York, man. It's sitting, you know, it's just, So should we give that the email one more time for those who want tickets? Yes, we should. Yeah. Now, I also have tickets you have to come to the station to get, though, for the new Clint Eastwood film, Gran Torino. Clint is back. You know, I'm there. There's, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm there. I'll, I'll watch Clint, you know. He's only disappointed me a few times in his long career. A 40-year career. Loose and, uh, maybe six bombs. What? Every which way, blues and... Uh, well, those were not my favorites. Bronco but, Billy. Yeah, the best, the worst Clint Eastwood for me was like Pink Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Um, and below that, The Rookie. Wow. That was that was one of those experiences. I went to see that. I love Clint Eastwood. I was like, what happened? And then I walked out and I looked at the poster <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, he directed it too. It was, it was, <laughs> it was like, wow. So bad. Yeah, but oh. who wrote that? I don't know. Scott Spiegel. Who's, Scott Spiegel, Scott who Spiegel? came from the... Uh, the Sam Raimi camp. Oh, really? Wow. That's you know, speaking, speaking, you said speak. I'm thinking, I just want to mention this. I did interview the the, the writer. Maybe I'll play his interview next week, too. Uh, but the, uh, Robert Siegel, you know what he used to do before he was writing screenplays? What? He was the editor of The Onion, editor-in-chief. That's funny. For nine years. Why wow. I thought that was interesting. And, and, and what we spoke about, the relation between, you know, uh, you know, to be a satirist or to to be to do cultural analysis like a comedian does, you know, you have to have perspective on the world. It's it's kind of an anthropological thing, so you have to be aware of the absurdity, absurdity. in life. So I thought it was interesting that he wrote the script he did because it's a, it's a good script, very good script. I wish you'd seen it, Joe. So you saw a film this evening that you said was great. Yes. Dark Streets. Good evening and welcome to the tower. Blackouts. Lights out. Everything stops. With darkness comes nightmares that pull you face to face with the angel of death. This is Madeleine. She sings. Hello, Mr. Davenport. That new little pony of yours. She's the one riding you. I think my father's is working. We all have our little secrets. You're the blue flag. What is in you has got you. Okay, ladies, let's go. anything you like? Aren't you afraid of what you might find? It's not gonna stop me. Sometimes things ain't always like they seem. Welcome to the blues. Darlings has no face. It was a 
It was Streets of Fire meets Dark City. Okay. It was a was jazz. That quote? Yes, it is. Okay. It's it's a jazz noir fantasy. Um, very well done. Um, the the narrator of it is this guy called Toledo. That's his name. He plays Prince Royal in the movie. Prince Royal. Royal, and okay. he's he's like the uh, the Joel Grey character in um, Cabaret. And what was really interesting about it was who's the gentleman who was in um, the Bond movie uh, and played uh, Baron Samedi? Uh, you mean uh, Jeffrey Holder? Jeffrey Holder. He's he was a combination of Jeffrey Holder and and um, Gregory Hines. The man could dance. That's and, interesting. And and he had these moves and. Had a great score. Uh, it was this noir story. It was very surreal. You know, the clothing was of a period, but it wasn't. Everything was was t- was of a of a Art Deco period, but then modified. Hyper stylized. Yeah, it was very good. And what was really interesting was the director focused your attention. So there were specific shots when he wanted you to look at something that. A specific area in the screen was in focus, and as you moved out from there, it become it was unfocused. So that at moments he was specifically directing your attention to a character or something, or and it was it was very very well done, very well acted. Um, it is definitely not you know your 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 greasy popcorn mass media. But if, if you are into films that, that have a feeling and a vibe and a style, and you walk out of there and like you feel like you've like energized, yeah, and, and and that you've you know you've you've seen some cool art, it, it was cool, you know, you you knew what was going on, you're a fan of that kind of stuff. What do you think of Australia? What do you think of Australia? I didn't go see it. Mm. So, did you see the other one? Did you see his other one? Romeo and Juliet no. or uh, uh, Moulin Rouge? Moulin Rouge. Yeah. What do you think? That, you know, it, it's kind of like that. This is even more stylized. And and the way the music fits in, the characters aren't singing, but there's always the music in the background being sung. Great. I mean, Etta James, Aaron Neville. I mean, and the film is dedicated to the to the people of New Orleans, the, home, the, the birthplace of the blues. You know, and... You know, the score, the, the lead guitarist on it is B.B. King. Hmm. I was watching the credits, and so he's the he's the guitar player on the back. Did you, did you go see Cadillac Records yet? No, I didn't. You really should go, Joe. So, you I should know. support black film. Okay? Get out there and support some black films and all this horror. I take I'm care kidding. of Wilson. You take care of Wilson. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I do want to give a, a plug, a shout-out for Cadillac Records. It's a really good movie, really well-written, really well-done, really well-acted. <laughs> You sing the blues, you don't have to live them. What do you know? White boy. Chicago 1950. I want to thank all uh, Lynn Chess here for giving Muddy Water a chance to shine. Sex had a sound. Play that for me. Danger had a rhythm. What's that for? Casting any good guys need to shoot. And freedom had a music. I'm a rolling stone. All its own. I don't bribe DJs. I don't. Based on true events of the legends. I'm a man! 
who changed music forever. Better make it good. They don't get no better. Mr. Wallace, we're big fans. We named our band after one of your songs. Yeah. Rolling Stone. My baby don't stand no cheating. Welcome to Cadillac Records. Stay around long enough, everybody get one. Car's yours. You earned it. <laughs> you my white daddy. Oh yeah, she don't stand no cheating. Baby, come around. A woman came by today. She said she's yours. December. If I play it, I make you famous and him rich. You said me famous and him rich, yes? If you take the ride, you must pay the price. What the hell you know about the blues? I gave you a damn good track. You want it, you sing. need no man to take care of me. My lonely days are over. And life is like a song. Oh, yeah, yeah. At last. You know, a small film like this with an actor as good as Jeffrey Wright who, who's, who's really an amazing actor, get to really, you know, strut his stuff while in the Bond movie, he like, there are long scenes of him saying nothing. Clearly underused. I mean, he's a, you know, minor character. But he's just this great actor. And the whole film is full of great performances. It's great, great music. Great, great music. Really well done. I did an interview with... Uh, Beyonce? No, uh, Darnell Martin, the director. Oh, okay. who, who did a film... Back in the, the what I call the second golden age of black film, there was a film called I Like It Like That. And uh, that was her debut film. It was about a young girl growing up in the South Bronx. And really a movie. And she's done some TV. She's done, you know, stuff that you've seen. She did uh, one of the episodes of the Masters of Science Fiction. Oh, okay. And she did the Robert Mosley episode. Uh, but anyway... Uh, did an interview with her. It's really worth seeing because you mentioned when you say Aaron Neville, great music because the music can add so much. You know, I was watching Wally by the way again. That's a great movie. Did you like Wally? Oh yeah, it was great. It was great. The I way mean, they worked in the Hello Dolly they, stuff. The, the Hello, well, the Hello Dolly stuff was the least of it for me, but I did love all the other music they use, and and I really. But you know what that harkens back to? What? That's the. I mean, what they are able to achieve with Wally when you think about the, the minimalisticness of it I love it I cared about these two inanimate objects the, the, the very first short film that Pixar did mm -hmm. was about the two lamps mm -hmm. you know but on the DVD I gotta tell you at the very end yeah you know how you have the Pixar thing the thing comes up and, he, and then he turns the light out you watch that you think that's what's gonna happen it's not what happens. All of a sudden, Wally comes out. <laughs> and they get a whole sequence with Wally and the thing. And the and I want to tell you the lamp, and it's really okay. funny. I don't even want to tell you, but it's really funny. It's worth like worth viewing just for that. But yes, what were you going to say? No, but that, that showed you what, what the guys at, at Pixar were capable oh, of. Oh, sure, 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 you know? sure. You know, and, and again, they talk about how, you know, in the, in the behind the scenes, they talk about story, story, story. And, how, you know, it takes about was, four years before they're ready to... And that was the last story created by the guy who helped found the company who passed mm -hmm. away. From that big lunch. Yep. So, I mean, if you think about it, too, I mean, it's... It's, it's um, 
I have to say, you know, when you see it, the one thing that, that you get, and what does it remind you? One of your favorite sci-fi films. Who is Wally? Got to be the, the grandchild oh. of... Oh, it's Short Circuit, you mean? No. Who? Oh, you mean from Silent Running? Yes. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. That's sure. who Wally is. Sure, I'm, I'm completely with that. Listen, you know what I, I, I totally appreciate? Being the film and soundtrack geek that I am, I appreciate how when you watch the film, that Jerry Goldsmith, who scored some, some of the greatest science fiction of all time, had his signature things. Like He had a piece of music. He had a real a horn arrangement he would do, like when a spaceship is landing. He did it twice. He did it in Outland, and he did it in Alien. It's a dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And, and, and then you know it's Goldsmith now. Right. In when you watch Wally, they use almost note for note. They use it, and you know it's an homage to mm -hmm. that the Alien and, and Outland and, and you know the Goldsmith Squad. And several times in there, there's very some very. It was obvious that they mm -hmm. were saying, "Give me what Goldsmith did for here," you know. And you can tell they're they're fans of so many little things. I appreciate like when Wally powers up, you hear like the Mac sound, mm -hmm. you know. And and here was my best. The whole, um, if you've seen the movie, you know that uh, the, the autopilot becomes, you know, and takes over. And the autopilot is not even played by a human. The autopilot is a program that Mac has had for like 20 years or, or 20 years ago. It was called Mac and Talk. And it was essentially in the Macintosh part of the operating system was always there that you could have what like they call text to speech. Right. Okay? Yeah. And, and Mac and Talk was the, the software that did that. And there's one of the voices in there in the Mac and Talk is what they used. And everything was typed in and just played. So there's no actor doing it. It's like, it's, it's a robot playing a robot. I love it. I love it. Okay. Anyway, so uh, it's a really good movie. I say. And, the, and there and were the things about amazing. that too, where, where you talk about the, the basic animation. Um, I, I remember the uh, Warner Brothers cartoon about the, the dog who falls in love with the statue. And it get, ends up being like confiscated during the metal time of the wars and, and Daisy. The statue gets turned into like a a, a, a bomb. So no, like, this is a cartoon. It's an old Warner Brothers cartoon. Okay, the and dog? like the dog sees this, the metal statue in somebody's yard, and he's like, "Oh, Daisy!" And he falls in love with it. And he kisses it, and it gets struck by lightning. <laughs> Can and you it's do like, that voice again? Oh, Daisy! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'd like you to do the whole show. Okay? Like and uh, yeah, Can but, imagine that. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> And, and there's the whole thing where he's searching for it in the factory and everything. And there's just like, they, they were just like, you could tell what they were fans on and what they were raised on. And it's just a, it's just, you know, a total homage to, you know, go, reaching out for what, homage. To what we grew up on and yet appealing to the sensibility of kids of today. They would never get any of that. Like my but, daughter. But, they, but they find their own things in it. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Of course. Of course. I, you so, know, I totally, I, you know, I thought it was great. What you, did you see Wally, Chris? No, no, I didn't. But oh man, speaking about Goldsmith, you know, uh, Thanksgiving weekend they had uh, the whole weekend they showed all the Planet of the Apes. Oh really? Uh, on um, holidays are really on uh, Fox on the Fox Network uh, F FMC or something. Did you watch them? Yeah, they, they were showing them back to back. They, like it was like four days of all the Planet of the Apes plus all the series plus wow. everything plus Behind the evolution the everything from the Blu-ray. All of it. Wow. I, I've, I watched, I must have watched the five Planet of the Apes at least five times. Wow. I don't have a wife. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he has But it was life. just great to, I mean, like, you know, going ape and they were talking, they interviewed people about all the toys and how that was like the, 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 the forerunner for before Star Wars and how, you know, the toys 
took off in 1972. And oh yeah, I saw that documentary. I've seen every documentary yeah. on the DVD. I watch every single one. Uh, but no, I, have, I haven't seen Wally yet. Um, uh, but you know, uh, I, I will shortly see it. You know, you uh, should. It's worth seeing. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen the toys? No, I, I, you know, I imagine they're toys. But I don't go to yeah. toy stores. I, I try not to go. You get like upset. No, you like you want it. And you like the music toys. from Cadillac Records, Mac? You like a lot of the songs? Oh yeah, come yeah. on, come yeah, but that's on. classic and, you know, stuff. I well, mean, no, 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 it is classic stuff. But they real, they real, they It's all them singing. Yeah, they recorded, no, they recorded deaf, a bunch of that they stuff. Reco- yeah, they recorded. Yeah. Beyonce sounded great. Beyonce sounded. You know, I'm no Beyonce fan, but you know what? Yeah, the girl can sing. Mm-hmm. The girl can sing, and I liked her in this role. I thought she was definitely, definitely competent. You know, I didn't see Dream Girls, and I didn't see Austin Powers. Well, so, you can. You know, I have no Beyonce ex- acting experience. Well, you didn't see that movie she was in with Cuba Gooding? The fighting, whatever it was about the gospel uh, troop? She, she wasn't in that. Was yes, she, she was. Oh, well, you know. All right, well, <laughs> she I, was in that? I, I forgot. Okay. There you go. Joe, stop hitting that bell. Joe. Ting. Um, so, okay. All right, I'm with you, Joe. I'm with you, Joe. Uh, Chris? And then there was the bomb of the weekend. What was the bomb? What was the bomb of the weekend? Uh, Which you avoided seeing, and and I put myself through. Wisely. I entered Punisher the War Zone. Oh, it looked awful in the Well, it was funny because... I like that actor, though. I, I, I saw it. And, you know, Mike Carbonaro, who does the Big Apple conventions and stuff, I ran into him, and he's like, well, Joe, how was it? I was like, Mike, it's terrible. And I, you know, told him some stuff about it. So he, like, calls me up from the movie theater on Friday, and, and, I, and I get up the phone and like, Joe, it's Mike Carbonaro. I was like, Mike, where are you? What's that noise in the background? He's like, I'm sitting here watching Punisher the War Zone. And, and you felt compelled to call me? He goes, it's bad. And like, you said it. It was bad. And it's like, but it can't get any better. Cam, I was like, well, where, where are you in the movie? He says, well, they're just about to do the big showdown in the house. I said, oh, it gets bad. It gets really bad. So he calls. He says, okay, I'll call you back later. He gets out of the movie, and he calls me up, and he's, like, laughing hysterically. Like, oh, Joe, you were right. It got terrible yeah. even worse from there. Joe is always right. Joe was always right, man. I'm telling you. I walked out of that movie, Chris. I said to myself... I could imagine. I said, was this a comedy I just saw or what? Well, I think that that's what they were going for. That was my take, that they were going for over the top. Like, they, they, they feel... I think that the thing is, you can't really reinvent the Punisher for what he is. The only way to reinvent the Punisher is to totally turn into a, 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 a movie that, like, has already been done. It was... And it, the violence in it was so hyper-violent. In fact... Sniper or... Uh, Actually, I like the one with um, Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Max Payne? No, Max Payne. That's his uh, 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 video adventure movie. No, I mean um, Shooter. Oh, okay. I know it's a Shooter. Shooter's very good. I have the hats for that, though. I say people... Yeah, let me have a Shooter hat. I need which shooter. you wear I'll when give you go you, to uh, the airport. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a Shooter DVD if you give me a Shooter hat. Um, Chris, yeah. did you see Shooter? Um, I, to be honest with you, I saw parts of it. No, but watch it. It's very good. No, I watched it's, parts it's very of it. Much I watched like, a like first an hour block, of it, like and then block. I just was like, I wanted to watch from the beginning. I just haven't, you know, just hasn't happened yet. But it looked good. It's good. It's it like the whole, like, hour to the end. 
I, I love that kind of stuff. I mean, I love. You know, I actually like, you know, I like Mark Wahlberg. He's, you know. Uh, well, I never saw Boogie Nights, so I didn't really get that. Well, he was good. He's Boogie Nights, happen. Planet of the Apes, was, you know. Hey, come on, Planet of the Apes, please. Hello, you're in the air. Yeah, that was on again this week, and I just I, I asked myself why. Hey, hey, what's up, Nicholas? Hey, wait, hey, what's going hey. on? Hey, what's up, Mike? What's up? What's up? Who's this? Hey, it's Claude. Claude. Listen, I didn't. Agree. I didn't. Claude? I don't think that uh, Punisher movie was uh, all of that either, man. I agree with you. Uh, you you subjected yourself to the it pain. Was, it was. I don't think it, it, they should have made something like the first one. A little better. Though. The first one? You mean the Dolph Lundgren one? No, uh, I'm not. I'm not the first. You mean one, the last one? The one, one. one with um, Thomas, Thomas Jane. Jane, right, right. Well, John he was Travolta. originally supposed to come back. What happened? I don't know why, but what happened? I don't. I have no idea. He read the script. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe that was the point. Oh, and they could have worked around it. They, I have to tell you, made, did they have that already in mind? As an Italian American, I, I was somewhat offended. Really? Yeah. Italians portrayed as being violent and no, just oh, I know what I have to tell you guys. Stupid gangsters. You know Sin City, right? The movie? Yes, Sin City. Oh my God! I actually sat down and really watched it. That's a that's an awesome movie. Yeah, it is a great movie. Remember, and that, I think and that, it works and that, that better girl, as that, um, a film that was than like it does in the little chapters. Yes. Um, that Asian beauty, she was, oh my God, I fell in love with her. Mm-hmm. When I was like throwing darts and shooting arrows or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think about her often. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a picture is. of throwing her darts uh, at you, right? I wish. Mm-hmm. I, if I could only get that lucky. Mm-hmm. Hey, you never know, man. Anything's good. Right. Hello. Yes. Hello. You're on the air. Yeah. Hi. Uh, a couple of points. Uh, uh, the new movie, movie, the day the Earth stood still. Is this Joe? Yeah. 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 Joe. Okay. Hi, Joe. How, how are I, you? Hi. Hi. How's the theme coming? <laughs> yeah. I'm working in progress. <laughs> all right. I'm like Mickey Rourke. I'm all beat up <laughs> when it comes to music. But hey, man, it could be. It could be awesome. You never know. <laughs> but you know. Obviously, the plot is different from the Michael Rennie movie, right? Because uh, uh, I don't—I don't know. I don't see the trailer. I don't want to know. Oh, oh, well, I'm just saying that Mike—I mean, the Earth doesn't get destroyed, in, in, you know, when Michael Rennie comes down in the flying saucer in the original, the day the Earth stood still. Well, you know, we don't know what, what's going to happen. You know, you never know. It could be a mind trick. It could be an alien mind trick. That's true. I, I just I, made you all believe the Earth was destroyed. That's what we could do. But as long as they destroy, destroy New Jersey, <laughs> exactly. They, they, they could be good. They could be. So you never know. Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we, we stopped. You know, I, th- I was thinking another movie that owes yeah, a debt. What, what, where's the, uh, what's the famous place in Jersey where the... Uh... Hoboken. Ooh, I'm No, 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 no. What's it? Middle Grove, Opal Grove, Maple Grove. Where's the UFO? We don't know, man. No, in the War of the Worlds. Where we don't know. It? Oh, oh, it's, up, it's over by Princeton. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We're in it's Jersey. It's over by the... Princeton Junction. Yeah, what right. the heck is the name of that joint? Yeah. I don't know. That's Somebody. where Brian Singer grew up. Is that where Brian Singer grew yeah. up? Exactly where Brian Singer grew up. Makes sense. You can see. You well, can... wait. Another movie, by the way, that that owes a debt today. There stood still is the Abyss. Right. Yeah. Okay. Very much the the premise of the Abyss is the premise of that. Yes. What? Okay, Mike. Did you read that book yet? Yeah. Uh, can I say something about Mickey Rourke there? Sure. Oh, Grover's Mill. Okay. Grover's Mill. Grover's Mill. That's right. Now, Mickey Rourke. I, I love. York and everything. Did anybody read the New York Times Magazine interview of of him from a, a week Mike, ago? Mike, did you read the book? No, did you read the interview of Mickey Rourke that the New York Times did in the magazine? We lost Chris, by the way. Um, 
Uh, no, I did not, and I didn't read the book because I don't know what book you're talking about. I, no, not well, but I'm just saying this. The book, uh, listeners of Quinn. But I just wanted to make a point about Mickey Rourke um, from this interview. Um, I think I try to get a hold of it because you've interviewed Mickey Rourke, but um, I have a tape with me now. I can play you a little bit. Yeah, okay. Mike, did you buy that book? You know what his father said about him in the interview? <laughs> Hello. You got, you got gum, Joe? No, right, no, no. What, is, what does father say? His, his father said, he says, Mickey never told the truth in his life. <laughs> there <laughs> it is. And, and, in other words, about his... Right, uh, about a book or not? Who is... Anyway, about, you know... I don't, I don't know what book you're talking about. Listeners of the Wind. No, I did not buy that. Not yet. Why don't you send it to me? It's Christmas. Go ahead. Anyway, no, the point is, is that I think the interview... What's your email address? The interview might be interesting for you. N-I-T-E-S-H-I-F-T-Z at AOL.com. That's Night Shift with a Z at the end at AOL.com. All right, yeah, I've been told it was a five-page interview, and they had to follow him around and everything, and I've been told about the interview. It was wonderful. That's I heard it was really good. Was but I, I, can, I can imagine now, having spent, you know, only 20 minutes with him, you know, I... I okay, all right. Anyway... <laughs> You couldn't, you couldn't hold yourself back, could you, Joe? Well, yeah, well that's, and then here comes the Navajo guy, yeah, right? Exactly. Hello, you're on the air. Oh. He's got, like, triple lines. Dial. Exactly. He's got multiple lines. Hello, you're on the air. And about this time, Elena should come walking in the door. Hello. 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 Yes. Yes. Shalom. 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 God, you think Shalom? You think Shalom is sort of like a, 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 it used to be Shalom Aleikum, and then they just you know it, everybody comes from the same area. Everybody over comes there. from the same thing. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, how you doing? We're all hey, monkeys. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, I was going to say I, I don't know if I missed it before, but Grover's Mills was the place where War of the Worlds. Grover's to Mills, there it is. Thank and you, it's sir. Funny. It's funny because I was there like not too long ago, and there's really not much there. It's still a kind of farmland, you know. Yeah. Except for the water tower that the guy shot at, which he thought was the UFO. I remember, yes, I remember from the night that panicked America, which was a pretty interesting movie, very the low key TV movie. Panicked mm-hmm. America, I remember that. Yes, yeah, Vic, I uh, Vic Morrow was in that. Vic he was, Morrow. He was pretty, uh, Vic Morrow was good. He had this thing. Yeah, he was killed in that helicopter crash. Got his hat, got his head decapitated. Hat decapitated. It was a real shame. It was. Goddamn Spielberg. And what's his name? Never came back from that, really. Landis never really came back. Hello, you on the air. Hey, Mike, how close did you get to uh, Mickey? Uh, you know, a few feet. Yeah, did you sense any danger there? <laughs> was, was, was the guy menacing at all? No, you know, the thing is... No, that get Carter type of menacing? They get Carter. No, the thing is, it's funny that uh, uh, Darren Aronofsky talked a bunch about Mickey, and he said, you know, that he's like this, you know, like, like Oreo cookies, like he's soft on the inside. You could kind of see, you know, he, he, was, he was... Did he have his dog with him? No, he didn't have his dog uh, with him. But, oh, I mean, yeah. you know, that whole, the whole idea that he used to have his dog with him and that he would force it to be in the films and all that it kind of says a lot about you know i think he is like that you know tough exterior but soft on the inside kind of guy and i think he comes across a little bit that way he looks better in real life than you expect because he looks all cragged out on film you know uh and and that's you know in those close-ups it's like piece of meat and you're looking at wow mickey rourke used to be good looking but but you know he looked he looked pretty good and 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 was he cut physically well he's he's in amazing shape in the movie let me say that I, I, you know, I, I, he was not wearing like, you know, he didn't come in Mike in spandex or anything. Yes, like, well, Mickey, you look great. You know, he was wearing, you know, regular clothes. So Mike and him know, were going to throw down. We're going to throw down. Uh, 
But did, did you buy the book, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> you get that book, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm about to. Uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like films that, that were pretty good. That not that you're on the science fiction thing. Books that I think are really good science fiction books. No, I was gonna say two films. Two films that I thought were good. Okay. Uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. Yep. Which is a, an all-time classic now. Of course. Yeah. Uh, and just just tremendous visuals in that too. And uh, another film that never really did much, but uh, I thought it was very interesting was a movie called Imposter. Yeah, Imposter with Gary Sinise. I, you know, I thought it was yeah. interesting too. I thought it had interesting. I think it was based on uh, a science fiction novel. Philip K. Story. Philip, Philip K. Dick. Dick. Philip K. Dick too. Philip yeah. Philip K. Dick did yeah. so much stuff. Really incredible. He wrote. Science. He wrote twenty six novels. You know, in his yeah, lifetime. Wrote- Right. And, and a lot least, of them are the Minority Report. Over over three yeah. dozen uh, short stories. So, and a lot of his movies, a lot of the movies that are made from his films, a lot of films that are made from his stories are short stories. They're not even novels. Right. Ain't that right, like, Joe? Like Blade Runner. Yep. Like Blade Runner. Well, Blade Runner was a novel. That was a novel. Yeah. Was like Total Recall novel. was a short story. It was a novella. A novella. novella. Total Recall is another one, right? That was a short story. I can buy it for I, you. Thought, I thought I can remember it for you, host. I can remember it for you, host. That's right. Existence was a uh, existence. Yep. By the way, is anybody doing an homage to that guy Forrester, whatever, who died, who was ninety-two, and he he, he was the editor of Monster Magazine, and he oh, Forrest published. Ackerman. Forrest J. Ackerman. Yes. When did he die? When did he die? He died a few days ago. No, oh, he wow. didn't. Wow. Yes, he was ninety-two. Wow. Really? Wow, let's find out. And Why I think Spielberg is, is in charge of his estate or something. I wish he was, because then he wouldn't have uh, had to lost most of his estate. I don't know. I, somehow he's the executor, or one of those guys is, but I think it's Spielberg is. But there would have been, I would have gotten a mass email on that. Yeah, no, well, Joe, Joe, listen to Joe. He's like, I would have been notified. No, really. Joe, because, <laughs> wait, when we went to the SIF party. would have, Joe would have. No, no, when we went to the SIF party, they were signing was, his birthday. We were he signing, can't be dead, I'd have been notified. We, we were signing his <laughs> birthday <laughs> card. He can't be dead. No. He can't be dead, I'd have been notified. No, it was in the New York Times <laughs> open, okay? Wow. He made, he made his mark with right Famous Monsters of Filmland. Yes. Yes. That magazine. Amazing yeah. guy. Amazing man. Yeah. He was really into the makeup and everything. He was into he. He was the man. Oh, wow. He's he dead. discovered Ray Bradbury. He did. I, I told you. He died on Thursday. There you go. Or Wednesday. Joe Wednesday. didn't find out. Joe. See, Joe, you're losing your touch. Forrest J. Ackerman lives, right? <laughs> Forrest J. Ackerman is dead and no one notified you. Joe, what the hell? Joe, you're slipping. Joe, actually, Joe who, did they, who did they notify? Brian, Brian Forey was a... Yes, he was. The, the last living P.T. Barnum. They went to Harry Knowles. He wrote a piece on him. You have nothing on your site I've about him. I've been to... You have nothing on your site, Joe. I have been to... Before he had to ha! sell some of his stuff, I was to, to Forey's house. You're slipping. Thanks to Brian Singer. Don't try dropping names. Don't try dropping names uh, now. It's too late. Joe! But you, the funny thing is when you left, he, Forey would try to sell you his book and hit you up for five bucks. Of course. Well, Joe, tell us about his house because I think a lot of people would be interested in it. Was, it was a museum. Yes, right. Go ahead. I mean, there was, where, where, Joe? Where's his house? It was, in, his house, it was in California. California. And why weren't you notified? But he had to, over the last ten years, he had to sell off a lot of that stuff because he was fighting that lawsuit trying to get the rights back to Famous Monsters of Filmland. 
which was created by uh, him and James Warren. Yes, of Warren Publications. Yep. I.E. Eerie, Creepy Vampirella. Yep. Right, well, ah! uh, Forrest Ackerman invented Vampirella, also, by the way. Yep. Fari. Gotta take his stuff. Fari. That's right. Fari. Remember, remember Zachary, too. He used to, he, he used to write... His column under Dr. Oculard. Dr. Acula. Acular. Like Dracula, Dr. Acular. Yeah, right. Do you guys remember Zachary? Yeah, John Zachary, yep. He's still around. He's still alive. Yeah, he's still doing stuff. Yeah, two years ago we had the Halloween. The Times has written a piece. Yep. Ain't it cool news has written a piece? Where's Joe's piece? Where's Joe's piece? I didn't even know he was dead, Joe. You, <laughs> that, that, should start, that should be the first line. I didn't even know you were dead. Well, no. When? How long ago did we go to the Sifoy cocktail party? Look, this MySpace is still up. Oh, that was two weeks ago. <laughs> that we were signing the card for his 92nd birthday. Yeah, well, he didn't get that card. Look no, at that. he didn't. <laughs> his last login. His last login. When was that? Like Thursday? <laughs> no, it's a shame. Forrest J. Ackerman has 1,004 friends. And, and clearly, Joe wasn't that one of was them. <laughs> 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 That's awful. That was loved right into me. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I know. Let's see, I didn't even say it, Joe. We got Joe Bob Briggs on here. Oh man, just awful. Anyway, I thank you. Thank you for, for this. Indulging you? Yeah, we have indulged. Uh, we agreed on that. I thought that was pretty good. Where's Elena? I believe you just remember the ultimate science fiction movie, 2001. Yeah, we could put that on the top of the list. You know, it's like that's what the ultimate theme, you know? Oh, look at this. Somebody put the, a crying angel. That's nice. How about Joe? Are you a wrestling fan when you were a kid? I remember... Joe's a wrestling fan right now. No. I, you know, back in the day, my old high school, once a year, they used to have, like... <laughs> I used to wrestle. Remember when, they had the tra remember when they had the traveling wrestling shows that would come to, like, the high schools and mm. stuff like that? Mm. Oh, I didn't go to that kind of high school. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I did that. I went to, like, no, you art, to, art yeah, high you school. Art I didn't school, get it. They didn't have any kind you of kind of stuff. drawing all the we time. Had, we didn't have We had two major events every year. We had uh, one of the elimination rounds for the Golden Gloves at our high school. They'd have boxing at your high school? Yep. Come on, kiddies. Come on and watch these men beat themselves up. Come on in. Yeah, I used to go every, every year with my grandfather Take a break. And, and my, my father. It was great. This it was great. funny, Chris. At your high school? Yeah. The one year there was this guy. I'll never forget. He was, he was boxing for the Golden <laughs> Gloves. Shows up the skinny rail of a guy who was in the lightweight thing. And he's got a ponytail, right? And he's skinny. And this other guy's like hitting him. So every time the guy would get in a good shot, the guy would spit out his mouthpiece, and the ref would have to call timeout. So and he got a warning because he kept spitting out his mouthpiece because oh he'd God. have to pick it up and wash it off until he could catch like a breather kind of thing. Your childhood memories. And it was like everybody started booing him and everything. So finally, the the guy just like pummeled him, and and, and that was that. I think he almost knocked him out of the ring. Exactly. I don't think exactly. You know that rest on, beat him up. You know, it's like, come on, what are they teaching? What? King no wonder. Butt. No wonder. Okay. No uh, wonder. What? And then <laughs> we had the wrestling match. No wonder he's just the way but he it was, is today. It was like the second stringers. And then he grows up to be a bouncer. You know that wrestling is the original sport. Wrestling is the original sport. Well, did you, you hear Greco Roman? Uh, what's his name talked about it? Uh, Darren. Uh, Darren talked about. You know, I think that that's I could see the whole carny thing. Yeah, no, the young gorillas in the zoo. 
That's how they will establish social position. Yes, well. <laughs> you go to the Bronx Zoo, you can see them constantly, you know, wrestling. I understand. Yeah, I you and you know, I think that's a Apollo, friend of his. Yeah, yeah, Bruno Sam. Yeah, that, that was that was my that was my era. Andre the Giant. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Andre the Giant. There you go. He, he was on Six Million Dollar Man. I thought Gorgeous George was the best. Gorgeous George. Right. He was mm-hmm. a clinical psychiatrist. Uh, what was he it could, Ivan? He, Ivan Batsky. The, uh, the buttons of the audience driving crazy, you know. <laughs> mm. What was it? who's George the the animal steel? Yep. Well, you're trying to listen to sponsored radio. WBAI 99.5 FM. Mike and I are going to get all oiled up and have an old-fashioned wrestling match. The name of the show. <laughs> that would be really funny, Mike. Michael shave his head bald. Mike could be the bald wrestler. Another fascinating character was Ricky Starr, the ballet dancer. I don't remember him. Oh, oh he was funny. And you are still tuned to listener-sponsored radio, WBAI. You've been listening to an encore presentation of a night shift from 2008. And that was an episode where we had the interview with Darren Aronofsky. We were talking about The Wrestler. And Day There Stood Still had not come out yet, the new version with Keanu Reeves. So I didn't know just how bad that was going to be. And a number of other things. Next, I have a show from 2011 different cast of characters it's byron this time and a mystery guest who's not really a mystery uh, her name is rachel and so it's myself byron rachel chris is on the phone and we have a lot we talk about and also i think a fun show i don't get to the interview that i talk about that i'm gonna play but it's all the other stuff i think that you'll enjoy And if you've been enjoying this, please consider making a pledge right now in the name of Night Shift. 212-209-2950. pledge in the name of Night Shift. 212-209-2950. Or you can go to WBAI.org. There are a lot of ways to pledge right there.
if you're enjoying tonight's show, you can visit us on the web at lifeislikesciencefiction.com. And you've got shows going back for well over 10 years, so you can download. And then you can also like us on Facebook at N-I-T-E-S-H-I-F-T or follow us on Twitter, N-I-T-E-S-H-I-F-T-Z, Night Shift. Stay tuned. Now, this is going to be just a little bit unpleasant. Just don't move. Stay very still. Don't talk. How long does this take? Not long. Not long. Hi, this is from Valley Forge, Berkshire, Sequoia. Valley Forge, Berkshire, Sequoia. This is Tom Central. Channel open for executive order AUC 3423. Listen to this, boys. Now, where are my people? 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 Night shift. I think there's no place to hide. Night shift. Ah, yeah. So, Byron, I think Chris is calling. Talk to me, Byron. Is that you, Chris? Good morning, Chris. Yo, bro. Byron is, is like the guardian of just good. I'm working on it, Chris. <laughs> you know, like just hearing your voice makes me smile. What a wonderful day we have. You know? Yes. It's like it's like you would be my happy my happy affirmation every day. Oh my God. Bar, you know, <laughs> how can you even sit through this? Aslaxon. All right. Uh, hey, Rose, sir. Do you know what Aslaxon is? That was a character from Ibsen's... Uh, in, in, oh, in you know, that, it's obvious that, language, that Mike that is. You know what that means? In that it's language. obvious, Byron, that Mike is jealous that it's you a, and I have a connection. I know. Yes, I am. Well, Chris. I see you. <laughs> I think that I'm getting feedback. I think You're that getting feedback? That, yes, I think that means we're on live. From where? From being on. From being on. We're streaming. We're streaming, Byron. Um, yeah. Let me see if we're streaming. I'll take a look. I know I'm live and in living color. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right now, <laughs> it's, say still, so. it's still offline. Let me see if it uh, reboots. Still yes. I see you, Ah, live broadcast has started. Amen. Welcome to the world. Byron. Mike. Ah. Why don't you stand up, Byron? Yes. Yes. Everybody see you. Come I close to the camera, Byron. Standing up. I'm coming close to the camera. Yes, this is take me. Take your headphones off. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I'm, okay. I'm not yeah, seeing so anything, Mike. You're not seeing anything? No, it says it says live broadcast started, but there's no picture coming up. Is this close enough for you to try it again? Yes. There we are. Hi. Stay there, Bernie. Good morning, Chris. Good oh. morning, Seventy days ago, by the way, was the last time we broadcast one. 
That's what it says here. 70 day, 69 days ago. How appropriate. You know what the problem is here? I, I couldn't imagine. It's the connection of BAI. Unfortunately, the, the signal that I have to get here big BAI is questionable. So I want to introduce a co-host, Byron. All right. Uh, and you stay there, Byron. Don't move. Don't move. You're, you're on camera. You're on camera. As the camera comes up, Chris, <laughs> I want you to say hello to Rachel. Hello, Hi, Rachel. <laughs> hello. Hello, Rachel. Oh, Welcome, y'all. No, no, I was talking to Chris, Byron. Byron, you keep your face at the camera. Face the camera. <laughs> You have to be Are you guys doing some kind of weird thing here? No, but you, you can talk to Rachel for a minute while we Rachel. set up the camera. Hello, Chris. Welcome How are to, you? I've to. heard many things. You've heard many things? Many in, you know, short times. Really? The roundup. What kind of thing? Like, like good thing. Long hair. Yeah. Freak? Did he call Stringy. me a freak? He said he could really toss that hair. You know. Well, what? Did he call me a freak? Did he call you a freak? No, no. Oh, because that's usually that's usually the best description. No. Chris is a freak. That's <laughs> <laughs> usually the best place. Uh, <laughs> all I'll say here, Rachel, is those who are need not be accused. Oh. Well, Mike has told me all these things about you. Uh. <laughs> Don't buy it. He, he's just trying to bond with you. All right. Like, I don't even talk to him over that. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Did Mike tell you about the karaoke we did last week? Oh, what'd you sing? We went out to karaoke and he got up and he sang uh, Love is a Battlefield. <laughs> that's, that's, I could, it was, and he I did it pretty good, him. you know. <laughs> Byron, if you actually think that I'm a karaoke, then you are clearly high. Mike got up and tell you don't even want to admit it. I'm not. I'm such the opposite of the karaoke guy. I'm the opposite. Byron, you're on. You're live. Say oh, hello. Hello. Byron. I'm in live. So, so Byron's can live, but I ain't Can you see Byron? I see like a frozen Byron. Yes. Who is that guy? It says live broadcast, but it's not coming up, dude. Yeah, oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. He's yes, moving. He's, he's moving. moving. Yes. I see Byron moving. He's on seven-second delay. You don't see Byron moving? I don't. I'm not seeing it now. Refresh. I just hit refresh. Yeah. All right, anybody else? Uh, if, if you're out there, you can call 212-209-29. Five, wait, 2900, I'm sorry. We're not in marathon anymore. 212-209-2900, and you can call us. And I haven't even given out the theme because, once again, we're trying to stream. So right now the theme is we're trying to stream. But I do have a theme, Byron. I have theme. I have tickets to give away. Uh, I have DVDs to give away. But yes, I do. Life is like science fiction. Rachel has some stories that will blow your mind. Yeah, I think you can go back to your mic now, Byron. Dance back. Yes, you should dance back. All right, so I'm going to play something for you, Byron, in, in the meantime. All right. Okay. Bring and, it on. And, and you tell me what you think. Okay. This is a this is a piece from um, the uh, Jazz Lounge Project. Ah. Okay. All right. uh, and this is for Andrew if he's listening.
talking about it, and I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing, you know, talking about this. Uh, I saw something, they saw something. There was a, a lot of light. That's all I remember. You know, Mike, Andrew is very talented. Yes. Did you enjoy that? What did you think there, Chris? Did you like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, he has so many yes, he flavors. Does. Yes, he does. Repertoire. So, and can anybody else verify that the stream is working? You're, you're not seeing anything? I'm not seeing anything. I see, I maybe, see, you know, like, I see live people. I see it. I see, you know. You see me picking my nose. <laughs> I see us. And I, so never, I didn't I, make Darth Vader today, though. I'm streaming. Are you streaming, Vern? Yes, I am. Chris, I did you refresh? Feeling. Rachel, yeah, I refresh. Yeah. All right, well, Rachel now that we're back, straight. if anybody else is there, we can answer the phone. Two, one, two. No, not to five. You see, you did the same thing I did. We're not in marathon anymore, Brian. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. Get on board the night shift shuttlecraft. We're cruising in your neighborhood. Night shift. All right, a couple things I want to mention, Byron, that yes. are going to be here on the show, uh, and part of it is has to do. There's there's a movie that that came out. I heard we have a theme for the. Evening. We do have a theme for the evening, and and, and I'm tying it all into the okay, movie. To the, the movie. Interviews. Okay, I knew and, there was. A there, there's always a theme. Uh, but but here's the thing. Uh, there's a new movie that's coming out uh, on DVD. It's called Dumbstruck. Okay. And it's one of these movies like. Again, as a film critic, there are all these movies I have to see, and it's like, oh, okay, and it's a movie about people who ventriloquists and 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 not quite ventriloquists people who use dummies which is not called ventriloquism necessarily uh you know Byron. okay let's just say that uh it's a documentary on the people who do this from the little white boy in the middle of the country who yes. pretend who is a dummy that's a black pimp yeah. that you know his family doesn't understand why i have a question to actually. what are, there, are these a bunch of dummies that are making this film? No, it is not, actually. It's huh. very, actually very <laughs> interesting. I knew, I knew there was something You knew there was something to this. There, there was something to this. Well, yes. no. Uh, and so I'm giving away five DVDs, Byron. Oh, my goodness. Of the movie. And I'm going to even play my interview with the director. Okay. Do I have to call in to win one? Yes, you do. 212-209. No, you don't call in. Let me tell you what you do. You can email us. That's what you do. You want to get it? You email us. Okay. Well, at yeah. life is like science fiction at gmail.com. That's right. Okay. That's all one word, Brian. I understand? plan to send mine in. You're going to send yours in, yes. of course. Is there a secret code I have to? Uh, yes, there is, Brian. I will give it to you so later. What's the theme? Okay. Yeah. Here's the theme. And, and going along with, because uh, Brian interrupts me, and as going along with the theme of uh, having a dummy, the, the, the whole thing you realize is that these people create a persona. And I and I when I interviewed him, I likened it to like being on the radio. You know, Byron. Yes, you are silly in person, but are you this silly in person? Right. And and the whole persona. Like, here's the question, Byron. Here's the theme. The theme, Byron, is the. I don't want to say the mask you wear, but Byron, what is your prop? What is your dummy? Who, who's the real Byron, and who's, who's the the dummy Byron? What? So that that that's the theme, Byron. Your... Dummy. What is your dummy? What who? What do you like to be seen as? 
Byron. Yes. But you're really something else. Hmm. Do you like to be seen as happy when you're really sad? This radio show for me is my alter ego. Oh, Byron, you're such a politician. Uh, <laughs> Therapy's supposed to be confidential. Exactly. Byron, Byron can't reveal himself. But no, perhaps no. you, Rachel, uh, perhaps you could answer the theme and answer the question. Who's the Rachel that people see versus the Rachel? Yeah. I think I'm a lot thinner inside. <laughs> I think I may be better looking. Maybe. I understand. I ate fried pizza tonight, so. Fried pizza. Well, Look at me in the live up. stream. Oof. Um, yeah, fried pizza. Fried pizza's a thing now. They fry it. They fry, they fry pizza. pizza. How do you fry pizza? They fry yeah. the crust first. Right. They deep fry it. It's like heavenly. But I mean, I was. I'm suffering. How many pieces did you have? I had a whole thing. You had a whole thing. I had a whole thing. Like, what's anything. a whole thing? Like a meat? You pizza? know, yeah. Okay, okay. A personal pizza. A, a ten inch, more and more pizza. Byron, why are you on a different mic? Why are because you leaning it to? <laughs> what, what's going on? <laughs> All right. Well, no. Here. Well, I'm on. I'm on streaming TV. I got to put action. It's his alt personality oh, that talks on a different exactly. mic about fried pizza. I'm auditioning. He's getting set. So I want to know. I'm saying the volume is peaking on the. Uh, is the volume peaking? That's, yes. what, that's what right. escape velocity is saying. Okay, the escape velocity. How's that? Is the hatch closed? Um, I don't know yet. Wait, I'm just trying to. How's that? Yeah. I'm. I'm still not seeing it. I'm not sure. Is escape velocity? If you're listening, tell me. Uh, are, are if we, escape velocity is is hearing, is hearing it. If you must hearing be seeing it, it, are you seeing it though? Right. Chris, are you on a Mac or a PC there? But... I'm on a Mac, dude. You know I'm on a Mac. Ah, so <laughs> there lies the difference all right so rachel i do want to know what is your dummy what's your dummy i don't i don't know do i don't know, I don't know yet i don't know yet i haven't built you haven't him built yet dummy. yes i understand i, like that answer. I understand. really thought the That's theme was going to be hormones it. you thought it was going to be hormones yeah i was looking over these stories and it was very hormonal well you can tell tell us your first story well what's your first story oh the first one has got to be hitler yeah, please tell us about hitler where is hitler Come back, Hitler. So Hitler, it was revealed his hormone plot to lace Nazi leaders' food with estrogen. A hormone plot? Hormone plot. Okay, I like that. So estrogen was chosen for its tasteless properties, but it turns out that some British spies had put estrogen in Hitler's food in an attempt they put to make him estrogen more in feminine. Hitler's food. And less aggressive. <laughs> it's true, Byron. Less aggressive. All right. Okay. They were, okay. This was a uh, black ops. This was clearly a machine. Go ahead, finish, yeah. finish. Please. Well, there was... Navy SEALs, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Filtering the, so the heroes. Were... Yes, go ahead. Hoping to pacify him by this attempt, the stab at estrogen attempt. Um, and... But there was, there was also the, several other things that were revealed, including Hitler's ordering of sex dolls to be sent to Nazi yeah, soldiers I read about that. in an effort sex to prevent dolls. them from yeah. attracting syphilis from prostitutes. Right. Wow. Out in France, they you get, you get like Nazi-issue sex dolls. Well, Those would go for a lot on eBay if they started. Well, they, they here's a, here's the, a real the science fiction style. part of that story. Yeah. There's several science fiction parts of that story to me. Okay. All right. So what if they succeeded and they just made Hitler gay? 
he would be the like, Freudian instead they, of the Führer. Fed and he, they just made Hitler get or her. Hitler could be the first transgender. Was that a rumor? Anyway? Uh, you know, Wasn't I know, it? I don't know. I'm just saying he could be the first transgender dictator. I don't know. I, it's just sort of science fiction, don't you think? Mike, if, the, if there were attempts to, to do this, actually. And I like the sex doll concept. I like the, the well, idea yeah. that, like, don't catch syphilis. And when you're in Use war and you're your army-issue, military-grade sex doll. They claimed that it was, um, I believe the story was suggesting that there were so many French prostitutes that were distracting the German army, so he bought dolls. For, the, mm. for his men. Distracting the, the yes, army yes, from their mission. Yes. I, I mean, that's yeah, what that I mean, story I is. I guess implied. it's great if it's a blow story. up, yeah, stick it in your pack, and exactly. go wherever you go want. Wherever. But then wouldn't, like, nights in the camp be weird? <laughs> be like, here, like, <laughs> and you're like, squeaking. Hear <laughs> 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 them. When yours pops, sorry. you I just grab your neighbor. Come on, come on. You punctured know it would just be a bizarre oh scene. That's whole just picture the yeah, camera panning I said be quiet. And all these weird <laughs> sounds and grunts and bursts of air. <laughs> just be too strange. I'm sorry. Uh, Chris? Don't ask yeah. me to tell. What did you audio. think of that story? Did you enjoy that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Byron? Uh, I really just want you to sing. I want you to love the battlefield again because that was such a great. People got up and applauded that. You know what Sean Connery would say to you? You know, it's, it's just more like what it is. And well, you know, you know, and I, here's what I, the other thing I don't understand about this: I can never get the second camera to work. Like the first time I did this, uh, it went so smoothly. I had a two camera setup; I could switch back and forth. Yeah, yeah, you had, you had what happening? I restarted here. Yeah. It's just you know, it keeps it keeps looping itself back to some like preset. The camera's plugged in, but it doesn't see it for yes. some reason. I guess. We're Are you waving? It's not yes, broadcasting. It, it's not broadcasting. I don't care what you. Well, that is, uh, that's us watching it. Yeah. So we are broadcasting. Yeah, it's not broadcasting. It's I'm about a, a minute or two delay. See? No, I'm not right. seeing anything. You're not seeing anything? No. All right, let's see who's calling. Hello, you're in the air. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome, welcome to Night Shift. Who's, oh. who's calling? 212-209-2900. Hey, Mike. Oh, yes. That music was definitely DGM, you know. You were enjoying it. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you. Now, are you watching us streaming? Can you see us? No. You know, <laughs> In his mind, he's watching. Yeah. What, what does Rachel look like? Well, you'd have to be streaming to know. Yes. You'd have to be streaming to Let know. Let me just say, there's a certain glow in the booth. There's a glow? A, yes, a glow. You won't say where, right? Oh, it's right next to me. No. <laughs> no. What we have here. Well, what, what are her credentials? Uh. What are her credentials? Uh, you'll, you'll, she'll reveal them to you here on the show. Uh, so, Byron, you have a story too? Uh, yes. Now, do you, are you going to even attempt to answer the question? Because oh, Rachel did a good dodge. Of course I will. I is thought it, my is dodge there, was very well, good. Well, no, I just want to know. It depends how much you're willing to reveal. And what about you? 
Clearly, the dummy is the one who's calling. But and, and what is the what dummy is, to me is the human ego. I understand, of course. Because it has a tendency to become inflated, so you have to keep it in check constantly. I understand. And manipulate it and become creative. This is basic Freud. Of course. Now, besides your views yeah. on society, what about you? What about me? Yes. I know. Do you have a facade? No, I don't have a facade. No? I don't have a facade because I'm a professor of transcendental logic. I understand. Well, you seem facadeless to me. I... Oh, you know what uh, Spock said? You are proceeding with a false assumption, a false premise. Mm. He said to uh, Captain Kirk, mm. who was an admiral then, mm -hmm. I'm a Vulcan. I don't have an ego to lose. Yes. This is uh, Star Trek too. Thank you. Well, you definitely yeah. don't seem like you have a facade to me. Yeah, well, uh, what's, the, what's the phone number here, Brian? 212-209-2900. So tell me the story. You yes, know, okay. Famous Deli admits no lobster in lobster salad. Stop. Right here in New Stop. York City. No lobster in the lobster salad. Oh, yes. Okay. Right. Busted, did they, bars. did they lower the price? Uh, of course not. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Are you this kidding? The, the end Talk of this me. will tell you exactly what they did. They All right. imitation crab. Why not this, is, uh, this happened just yesterday. New York seafood lovers have been schooled. Due to the keen eye of a New Orleans writer, a famous destination for Manhattan foodies is now changing the name of its lobster salad. You see, the upscale Zabar's Deli had used that term for 20 years, but it turns out there was no lobster. During a recent visit, the New Orleans food writer read the ingredients. You see, the label read with wild, freshwater crayfish. Now, owner Saul Zabar reasoned that crayfish, while not Maine Lobster, is a distant cousin. Then he got a call from the Maine Lobster Council, which begged to He got a call from the Lobster yes. Council. Yes. Excuse me! It's like, Excuse you, me. Wait, can you see that happening? He's like, uh, sir, it's the, the Lobster Council. Lobster Council. <laughs> That's right. Okay. I'm ripping off my rubber band. Well, exactly. right. Now the salad, now check this out. Get a call from the Lobster Council. The salad. <laughs> it's like you come home. Goes what happened today, honey? 16. Get a call from the Lobster Council. The salad goes for sixteen ninety five a pound. Mm. And a lobster even touched it. Did he yes. even get a touch yes. of the lobster craw? Yes, this this is the salad that costs mm. sixteen ninety five a pound. Mm. Zabar says using actual <laughs> lobster would make it even more expensive. Oh, so it's we now, figured we'd lie and just yes. charge you as much as we could. For 20 years, they've That's been right. telling this. And now we can come and charge $24. Again, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm listening. So now it's now being renamed Seafair Salad. Sixteen ninety five. How much is sixteen ninety five? Sixteen ninety five a pound. Seafair. <laughs> you can't Ain't even tell me what the sea is. Like, what's in this stuff? Mm, mm, mm. So this is Zaybars. Huh? Zaybars, right there on Broadway. You know where Zaybars is. How much do you think they paid their PR person to come up with that? Oh man. Hey, you know what? This is we all know that control. crawfish is far better than lobster anyway. Yeah, this is far. This is uh. Damage control. Just, you know what else I, I have to say? Do you think they'll finally reveal, I mean, you know, food scandal. Do you think they'll ever reveal, like, the, have you seen the recent surge, you know, along with halal food, which has taken over the city? It's so mm. bizarre. Uh, uh, these lobster rolls? There's no 
lobster. Is there any roll. lobster? And the lobster roll can cost you like five dollars for this little. Have you ever seen this. lobster rolls? They sell them in the what street. What do you mean now? five dollars? They're like fifteen dollars. Exactly. What That's what I'm sorry. About? That's okay. Five I'm sorry. You're right. Fifteen dollars. I'm sorry. You're right. But it's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, do you think there's any this fake lobster stuff. in those? Actually, fifteen's on the low end. Yeah, see, yeah. now this fake lobster is sixteen ninety five a pound. We and got that's to fake, lobster. fake lobster. It's totally legitimate. It's totally legitimate. Zaybars. It's so legitimate. Selling it as yourself. fake lobster. You think hey, it's... Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not fake oh, lobster. Oh, my goodness. Real fish. That's not like the crab, imitation crab, like, junk together, white All fish. All I want is... You don't think it is? What do you think it is? What do you think it is? Crawfish? If it's crawfish, it's crawfish. You think, is that what no, they I said? I like crawfish. crawfish. They said it's crawfish? Yes. It's totally delicious. People don't like them because they look like scary insects. All right, so why not call it crawfish salad? Well, now, unless you're a southerner, doesn't that sound kind of... No. 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 You see, if you really want to brand it, yeah. you, you, you brand it. Do you understand, Byron? You, you, you estool but the virtues of crawfish. But everybody knows that crawfish come from Louisiana. Yeah, but not everybody has any sense of its value, Byron. You have to create oh, a perception. Oh, wait. Oh, but no, 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 no. That does no, create no, the problem no. of transportation. When I'm eating lobster salad, I want lobster salad. I don't want crayfish salad. Yeah, you Craw, know what? Craw, it, crawfish. crawfish. That's a different fish. Taste. I don't want, no, this is crayfish. Crayfish. Oh, no, crayfish. that's not crayfish. That says crawfish. It's crayfish. You said crayfish. it's crawfish. No, I said crayfish. it was crayfish. 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 Yeah, yes, hello. What is the difference? <laughs> the cray and the craw? What's the difference <laughs> now? What's the difference between the cray and the craw? I don't know. Byron, you know? We're going to talk yeah. about the future of the internet too. I want to talk about that a little bit. You know, I, Byron, just as a, as a, a sidebar here, uh, it's interesting to watch uh, words and their meaning in transition in the culture. Like yes. blog, yes. blog used to mean somebody's yeah. diary yeah. online, okay. but now basically blogging is writing. If you have a column and you get paid, you're a blogger. Mm. Yeah. You know? No. And so we've just watched that transmogrify within society, Byron. Just wanted to point that out to you. Techno talk. There it is. Just just wanted to say. I got you. What? You have a story, Byron? Yeah, I've got one that's really very funny. All right, talk to me. Okay. This is a crackdown on gla- gladiator imposters. Oh, the crackdown on the gladiators. Gladiator impersonators yes. in Rome. <laughs> this happened just yesterday. Undercover police. This is what kills me. Why do they have to get on the cover to bust some people wearing some costumes? They have to go on like, the cover we got, as a fellow gladiator. We got you three have to integrate the gladiators. We got three different that. costumes going on at this, ball, at this party. Anyway, undercover <laughs> police have donated tokens. <laughs> undercover, you know, <laughs> police. Undercover as Roman gladiators. That's right. Have uh, donned togas, capes, and sandals to stop a turf battle among Italians who impersonate gladiators outside the Colosseum <laughs> and other landmarks in Rome. And they make money by posing for camera-carrying tours, you see. The trade has been tolerated for years, but that was before about 20 of the practitioners began assaulting and intimidating their competitors. <laughs> they start fighting like yes, real gladiators. To take over lucrative tourist spots. Such as the Coliseum, the Forum, and the Vatican. Oh, they, goodness, they've been staging gladiator routines out in front of the Vatican? No, they've just been brawling in their <laughs> uniform. <laughs> All right, anyway, so police decided to intervene disguised as gladiators, um, garbage collectors, and tourists. Garbage collectors? But their operation of they the... They were disguised ex- as garbage collectors. Yes. 
Like, do you get to choose, or is that chosen for you? Like, no, I want to be, uh, <laughs> I want to be a tourist. <laughs> no, you're a garbage collector. Oh, damn. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Anyway. What? So, they uh, set up camp in the nearby Piazza uh Venezia set up camp in they the set piazza. up camp yes they did on Wednesday police right. impersonating gladiators were attacked when they told wait 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 wait, wait. police impersonating gas gladiators yes. so police had... impersonating gladiators oh, so, this is the so you can either so so we could either so you can yes. either be a garbage man a tourist yes. or a gladiator yes now you see the police uh, decided to intervene, disguised now as gladiators, garbage collectors, and tourists. So they had three three different there disguises going and on. And I bet you you didn't get to choose. Yes, yes. But their operation at the, um, um, but it wasn't easy. You see, on Wednesday, police imp- who were impersonating these ghosts told the competitors. Ghosts? The pu- yeah, the told- ghosts? No, 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 no. no. You can be a ghost too? No, 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 no. no. I want to be a ghost. These were attacked when they told competitors to leave the scene. But police dressed as garbage collectors and tourists came to their rescue. You see, the Rome newspaper, Il Masagio, said one suspect demanded the money a woman tourist had paid for a photo of herself with a gladiator. But it turned out the pair in the photograph were both undercover officers. They didn't even know who they were. Wasn't so they a started just getting into it. They were stinging each it other. It wasn't a real fake gladiator. It was an undercover, <laughs> undercover cop fake gladiator. gladiator. Who was yes. part of an undercover I'm operation. With you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, you come back and you tell the story, they think, like, oh, he's been in the like, this, is, this is a script written for mm-hmm. Pink Panther, mm-hmm. I am sure. Okay. He is uh, see, I can see you, Inspector Clouseau. the gladiator? <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, I know. Don't get carried away here. Italian media carried photos or TV footage showing a handcuffed gladiator being taken away and a policeman pretending to be a tourist wrapping an arm around the gladiator's neck. Wow. They stung their own stung operation to make it look like they were stinging so that they could probably warn the real gladiators that they were making a sting operation. So silly. Isn't there like a mob in Italy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm trying to follow the... They just sit back and... and, and <laughs> Breadcrumbs on this one, okay? Have a glass of wine yes, over this. Yes. And I bet, I'm willing to bet you, as they were collaring the fake undercover police person, they were filming it. For some kind of TV show, some kind of reality show, it just makes better sense. I mean, why do, go through all of? Is that those? your concept, Martin? Yes. Why go through everything all in of life those? is a reality is a reality show. Yeah. Like anything that happens at any time. Why go yeah. through? And all I, of I love the idea that like you think something's a reality show, and it's not. It's really your life just going that badly. So, Martin, what do you think? Now, the, the what's interesting is that the tourists really get, get, like what's going on. They like all this intrigue because they see action in front of them, and it brings Rome to its so, glory lots days. Lots of tourists got shots of the, yes, the yes. fighting. And the, the, I like that part, too. Well, there it is, Martin. Life is like science fiction. So, Chris, what do you think? You know, I think that life sucks. Because <laughs> I can't get nothing to work. Well, you know, Chris, we're streaming. 
you know, we're streaming and it's not coming up because Firefox, everything blows not as far as I'm well, concerned. And that's the way it is. You're tuned to listen to Sports Radio. We'll boost the signal. We'll try it again. WBAI. I'm not sure how well. 99.5. Night show. Summer. At this point, Jay, Rachel, you're wondering, okay, where did Mike find him? Okay. <laughs> you talking about me? Yeah, Chris is No, who would I be talking about? We are streaming, so we got to do some something. Uh, there it is. Do a routine. Oh, there it is. Okay. Talking about Byron. No, we were talking about you, Chris. Yeah. Oh, too bad. So life's like, no, Chris, you know, let's talk about you. <laughs> Chris, what is your dummy? What you done, I'm Mike Sargent, and you've been listening to two encore presentations of Night Shift. This last one, where we're not going to play that interview, was from 2011. And prior to that, earlier, top of the hour, we were playing an episode from 2008. Night Shift's been on for a long time. And hopefully you've been enjoying it for a long time. I've been on the air for a long time. And until next week... Life will continue to be like science fiction. for Cat Radio Cafe. The testing. Testing. Tune into Cat Radio Cafe Tuesday night at 9 here on WBAI. I'm Janet Coleman. I'm David Dozer. This place playwright on Tuesday, November 29th at 9 p.m. will be joined by the critically acclaimed Italian-born artist Lucio Pazzi to discuss the way of the artist and the art since he arrived in New York in 1962. Tuesday night at 9 here on WBAI. Radio Cafe. Hey, the cats drink coffee. They like yogurt in a teaspoon better. Oh, no kidding. So do I. <laughs> well, what? Time to watch the frogs eating the flies. Yep. Then off to the neighbors to watch the paint dry. Mr. Wilson, Mr. Wilson, the trains are coming. The trains are coming. Land sakes. It's the Arts Express pulling into the station with goodies for all of us. Oh, well, it's about time. Looky, there's presents for everyone. Look, Pa, it's a preview of the latest indie feature. And, Ma, it's an interview with a major Broadway theater actor.
And I got some shiny new film reviews from film festivals all over the world. And here's cutting-edge poetry from the country's most progressive poet. Oh, sweet lord, it's a miracle. No, it's not. It's Arts Express with host Prairie Miller. That's Arts Express.